0: Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Better, Better Call Daddy. Daddy Show. This is Big Daddy. Oh my god, that's hysterical. You're not gonna believe this.
1: Oh, oh my
0: god. god. Five stars. Five and a half stars. Uh-huh. My dad is my hero. Grandpa, are you ready? I love a good happy ending. Oh boy.
2: Hey. It's a phony baloney.
0: And a tit for tatter.
2: Hey, a lot of these things, I don't know where you're getting them from. It sounds like they're coming from when I look in the mirrors. Damn the public. Damn the public. <laughs>
0: introducing Lisa David Olson. Things can go wrong in life and you need to be able to have fun, role play, and throw some humor in. That's what we're going to do today with Lisa Ben Olson. Lisa, welcome.
1: How are you? That's awesome. Good.
0: How are you? (laughs) I am well. I love to start with a laugh because humor is healing. It's a connector and it's healthy.
1: Oh, homework. <laughs> Accurate. Yes. Let's get those endorphins going, right? You know it. Raise those up, lower that blood pressure.
0: Woot, woot for free. Okay. So I want to talk about
1: April 2021, baby. Yes. Had X. Yes. The 17th. Yes. That
0: is like big news since the last time we connected. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. We actually get to travel to Indiana and they're going to have a stage. I mean, that wasn't for sure for the longest time. You know, we meet a lot to talk, but that was a big deal. So it's not like we can have an audience, but people that are local will bring a few people, but basically... To be on that stage, that will be neat.
0: The last time I talked to you was like literally like the night before you auditioned.
1: Yes, I bet it was. That's right. Yes. And I got three minutes. Do you remember how that went? An annoying sound started going off and it turned out to be my husband's iPad that I had set, but I didn't know how to turn it off. So that meant I hit my three minutes, but I still wrapped it up as quick as I could as I threw the iPad over to a chair. Like as I'm looking at the camera, I just kind of tossed it because I was like, stop. (laughs) And I just kept going. (laughs) So you did three minutes
0: and Mm -hmm. then they gave you feedback.
1: Right. Right after you talk, they gave everybody like 90 seconds to fill out the Google doc. I had no idea we were also helping decide who else might be there. Just, I mean, everybody was very much on the up and very kind and it was cool.
0: There's so many people that like dream and you yourself probably did of doing a TED talk.
1: Yes. I'm nervous. I'm excited. And I'd love to do things that make me feel both. And just that was my goal this year, that and getting a conversation with Carol Burnett. So now it's just down to that. The people in the group are all so diverse with topics and their backgrounds. It's just such a thrill to be in that group. So then we present each week and tweak it and change. Now we're standing and presenting you know, and then next week it's standing and have your slides ready and present. It was weird because I just joined a TEDx masterclass that I paid for. And then it was like within a few days, auditioned and did this. So I've been having both trainings along the way. So it's been really, really intensive and good. Can you give us a little preview? The TEDx Bloomington in Indiana is titled The Big Question. So I'm opening with a question. Can humor save your life? It saved mine. Literally. Literally. I was 15 and scared and embarrassed. I couldn't have friends over. I couldn't sleep through the night knowing that I wouldn't be interrupted by my alcoholic mother because she would pull us from our beds. She would physically harm us and accuse us of doing something until one of myself or my three siblings would admit to whatever it was so they could take the belt and be done and we could all go back to bed. So I was in the basement in the dark, cold basement room that every teenager wants because you're tucked away. And I remember sitting on my blue plaid bedspread with painkillers in one hand and a glass of water in the other. And I must've been there for some time because I could see the blue coming off of these pills into my hand. And I still don't recall how I got them. Obviously, from one of my parents, I borrowed them, I'm sure. And I was really thinking, you know, if it goes like on TV, I'll just float away and it'll look like I'm sleeping and I can just be done with all of this. I really was done, you know, teenage hormones, embarrassment, just, I I needed to be done. Then from two rooms over, I could hear laughter. I could hear applause. I could hear that something else was going on in the other room that I was drawn to. And as I went toward the living room, I noticed it was the Carol Burnett show. As soon as the Tarzan yell was going, I went towards the light of the TV And I watched the Carol Burnett show and I, spoiler, didn't kill myself. And it wasn't a big aha that humor saved my life in that moment. I didn't realize it as a teenager, but in that moment, it really did. You know, then I went on to own and perform a comedy troupe because I accepted a dare of, you know, hey, you should audition for improv, this lady tells me. And I was like, I'm funny. I can sing. I could perform. Why not? And then she says, yeah, we need another woman like, Oh, okay. <laughs> Somebody was thinking they were a big deal. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just ended up in that troupe and learning as I went and ended up owning it, running it. We were award-winning. And I feel like humor saved my life a second time because that person that asked me to audition could not know that I had just called a family member and I was going through divorce. I had two small kids and I was going through a, a horrible throat infection and I was on steroids. And steroids can mess with your brain and I had just called a family member and I said, you know, if I ask you for a gun, don't let me tell you any kind of stories. Right now I'm feeling strong and I can tell you I am having really ugly thoughts, really bad thoughts. And it's not like I would ever want to leave my kids, but there was just something really, I really, really think steroids had a lot to do with it. And I was going through divorce. It's not fun. So I really feel like it was the second chance again of, you know, humor can get you through. And we all know that laughter, like we were just saying, laughter raises endorphins. It lowers your blood pressure. It releases nature's antidepressant, which is serotonin. So it's like affordable healthcare and and it's free. And then we can share it, right? Well, thank you, Carol Burnett. I did not know that she saved you. Yes. I want to tell her. I want to talk to her about it. Hey, Miss Burnett, I would say, you know, respectful that You were raised by your grandparents because your parents were alcoholics. And I pretended I lived with you just to get me through the rough times. And I just want to thank her.
0: (laughs) That's amazing. Have you been able to patch things up with your parents?
1: I did. My dad, I didn't have a problem with. I always thought I was daddy's girl. Sound familiar? You're on the right show. I'd say. And then when I wrote my book, I realized he was there through all of this. It's just so odd. I had a newscaster that was interviewing me for my book a couple of years ago. And I just remember her leaning in really close to me and tipping her head a little bit and saying, so where was your dad through all this? And it was like a gut punch. You know, I just thought, well, he was there. And then I had to realize, how does that look to everybody else? To me, it's just the way I grew up. He was there, but he was always in his den or out in the garage or something like that. So, uh eh could have done something. There's no way I would let anything happen to my kids. Like if I was hearing them being whipped with a belt or screamed at or any of that, there's just no way. And so it is kind of interesting what came out during my book. So when my book came out, dad wasn't excited because I wasn't trying to call him out through my whole book. It's I'm a daddy's girl, but through the whole book, he didn't stop anything. So that's what I didn't expect. But with mom, it was a roller coaster and I write about that. You know, she's the one that got me into performing. She was always the biggest fan, but then, you know, Being a kid way back, I basically, you know, she loved performing, loved to laugh. If mom was laughing, she wasn't beating us. So as a kid, I made the choice to leave. I left at 17 and, you know, each of us siblings dealt with it in a different way, but I took off at 17. I didn't finish school. I got a job. I didn't have a car. I took the bus to get to my job and made it work. You know, I was very broke, (laughs) but I made it work. And so that's what you do. You, you kind of have to survive in your own way. You make your choices. And now, you know, I choose family. I, I'm not in touch with two of my siblings and, and uh, mom has since passed, but we, we would have a back and forth relationship. You know, suddenly I've been realized, oh, boundary time. <laughs> so trying to teach the old dogs new tricks, but that's the way that went. What made your mom laugh? Oh my gosh. She loves situational comedy. She loved physical comedy, anything like Lucille Ball or, you know, the old shows, I think, funny thing about mom she would come to our shows and she would sit up front she didn't want to miss anything which i i never want anybody that i know up front but she would just sit stoically and it was so odd and i could never look at her because as a kid you think you're being judged right so it was like one day i asked her why do you not laugh out loud and she said oh i don't want to miss anything i laugh later when i go through it again I just thought that was great I wished I had asked her that years ahead you know I thought that was great so yeah she was my biggest fan as an adult we had our ways of getting along and she was very good to my kids and we did have the talk she did say she regretted things she did stop drinking when she almost died from being so so sick alcohol poisoning maybe and I got an ambulance to her house so she knows she almost died and then she went through all the is it called DTs or something when you go off of alcohol and you're in the hospital. It was a really scary time. It was during Y2K, if you remember that. You were probably just a baby.
0: I remember Y2K. What made her drink? Like, What started the drinking?
1: I've never known her not to drink until she quit in 2000. I am going to guess she drank while we were in utero. I'm going to guess. For sure, my youngest brother was and carried, you know, while she was drinking and smoking. I think it was a family thing. I really do think that. I know her mom was martoony at five o'clock kind of gal, but I never got to know her dad. He had passed, but she just always was an alcoholic that I knew.
0: And what set her off?
1: Her own demons. I really feel like she was definitely self-treating mental issues. You know, I have anxiety and also fight or flight issues about everything. I've been told I have trust issues, but I hate when people say that I don't I don't trust them. Yeah, that was a joke. You don't trust the people that tell you you have trust issues, love it. <laughs> I just pay them because it's called a therapist, but you know, that's what you do. I think she just definitely had the mental issues that she was treating, self-medicating it probably felt better to have a buzz but then she didn't know when the light switch you know when the switch was flipped so she would have amazing things like fainting at random like a fainting goat but for attention and i can make light of it because that's what i grew up with we ended up this sounds awful but it's hey i didn't ask for it we would end up stepping over her to turn the channel on the tv back in my day we didn't have a remote you know so we would step over mother There was a time she was really sick, telling us she had a fever and the old thermometer with the mercury in it. And I came around the corner to the kitchen. I was so concerned about her and she was holding it up to the light to make it hotter, you know, to make it register as a fever. So all these things definitely go with, that's probably not mentally accurate or aligned with anyone who's really got their crap together. You know, why would you want sympathy from your kids? So luckily I broke that cycle. I just embarrass my kids with pranks. That's different.
0: I think that's legal. Right. You like to talk about pranks.
1: I love to do pranks. Tell <laughs> me about that. <laughs> I am a prank enthusiast. I feel like when you're scared, if somebody comes around the corner or I don't know if I'm hiding under your desk for half hour, doesn't matter. That's, the details aren't that important. But when you get scared, you jump, right? And then generally you laugh because you know you're safe. So you just got this beautiful burst of adrenaline, right? Your heart is beating. You know you're alive, you're awake, you're alive, you're happy and you're thrilled because it wasn't like one of those hockey mask guys. So once you know all that, that's a gift and and you really should thank me for it. That's all I'm saying.
0: I know there was something else you mentioned too on your LinkedIn about like ask you about getting brave.
1: Yes, I think comedy and humor leads to being brave. It really can because humor is such a connector that if you're out in public and let's say we're at the store and it doesn't matter in this group of five people in line at the store, it doesn't matter your age, your ethnicity, your language, or any barriers at all. If something funny happens, if some guy in produce standing next to you starts juggling oranges out of nowhere, and maybe somebody else walks up next to him and tosses him a pineapple and he keeps going, right? We are engaged. We are not looking in our phones. We are totally focused, which humor can do. And we are all enjoying it, laughing and all this. We just had a moment and it didn't take any kind of setup. It didn't take... Any explanation but humor is a connector that way. We didn't have to speak the same language or anything. And then our next thing that we do, which would be talk to the cashier, that is going to be filled with joy and happy. And it's this ripple effect of humor going down the line. Like if something funny happens at work and you answer the phone and you are smiling and you can hear a smile over the phone, just like you can hear a smile over the radio and you can catch joy at someone. You connect that way. It can lead to bravery in the sense that I wanted to engage with a couple of girls. They'd just come out of the ice cream shop and it was just such a great day. And one of them had this waffle cone. I was like bright pink, probably cotton candy flavor. And this other one had a waffle cone that was just vibrant blue, whatever flavor that is. They call it Blue Moon because they don't know what it tastes like. So they're standing there doing selfies against this brick wall downtown. Beautiful day. You can't be sad eating ice cream unless it's like a breakup and it's the whole pint and Lifetime movies. But this was the happy kind of ice cream eating. And I dared myself. I said, I want to go get a picture with them. And I don't know where that came from, but that's the way my brain works. And I went over, I was like, hey, can we get some selfies together? And the one with the pink cone looks at me and goes, sure. Yeah. Like, are you an influencer? (laughs) I was like, I'll probably have to go Google that. I don't know. And turns out, I think I'm a wannabe. And so then right as I was holding up my camera and I had set the timer for three seconds, I was like, wait, let's not smile. And then we start laughing. So then that picture didn't work. And we're just laughing at the ridiculousness of not smiling. So I was like, all right, let's not smile. Ready? And it goes three, two, one. And we all made a "Mm," serious face. And it's ridiculous because they went with it. And so I started doing a hashtag serious selfies with strangers. And it was just the most ridiculous thing. But who would think when my book came out, because I did put these pictures in there. I have it all over Facebook as well. And who would think that one of their moms knew me? And because it was in my book, she reached out to the girls to reach out to me. And then we got together with all the moms and some of the friends, I think there was 10 of us and we met for coffee just because it was ridiculous. And then they bought a couple books and we were signing them to each other and it was very silly. And then we went clothes shopping at a secondhand place and we were singing ABBA songs and the lady working there was like, are you guys in a musical? And we're like, yeah, dancing queen, you know, <laughs> just doing I think all that because I dared myself to do something ridiculous. And I put together two unlikely ideas, which is creativity. and came up with a new one, which is hashtag serious selfies with strangers. It's ridiculous. I love so I, that. I, I think everybody should dare themselves. Order pineapple on your pizza. What? That's worse than the political arguments, I think.
0: <laughs> yeah. So you teach businesses how to become more creative as well.
1: I love taking what I learned from the stage and I'm a business humorist. I love speaking to groups. I've been speaking the whole time that I've been doing the comedy improv stuff. Improv, there's a method to that madness when you ask an audience for ideas and when you decide what ones to take. Everybody's in on it. Anybody that shouted out, I say, uh, give me a place where two people might meet. And if you have one, yell it out to me, Rena. Louisville. Louisville. That's very general, but thank you. And hair salon and (laughs) Chuck E. Cheese. (laughs) Yes. It's the hair salon in Chuck E. Cheese. See, that's the kind of stuff I like to do. That's ridiculous. If you don't have hair in your pizza, you send it back. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) So you can take these ideas to businesses. I like to play improv games with them. And the other part is communication because if you are told, all right, it's going to be the hair salon at Chuck E. Cheese. Rena and I are going on stage right now. Whoever speaks first really sets the tone for who we are. So if Rena says to me, hey, do you have that pie out yet? I know that I'm a pizza worker. If I had entered the scene and said something first, like, lady, your kids are running around, it sounds like I'm either an angry parent or I work there and I really probably shouldn't (laughs) because kids are going to run around. But seriously, that's how you set it up. So no matter what Rena says to me, I'm going to go with it. Serena just said to me, Hey, when's that pie going to be ready? I know I'm a worker. I'm not going to say I'm not making pizzas. I'm cutting hair. What did I just do? Slammed it down. That's called a roadblock. Now where can the scene go? That was rude. It makes her feel bad. It makes me scramble for the next thing to say. So she says, is that pie ready? And I say, it's almost ready. I think your next bouffant appointment is ready. Why don't you get back to the hair salon? You know, so we're doing it back and forth. We have to find a conflict and then find our way out. And that's how you do a basic improv scene. So with businesses, I talk about having your partner's back, not doing the no, but doing yes. And yes, I have the pizza ready. And I think you should take care of the hair stuff. That works in a lot of conversations, active listening, instead of waiting to talk, making your partner look good on stage, or making your partner look good at work in front of other employees. If there's a crucial conversation, in the middle of the office isn't the place to have it. It's just, this. it sounds simple, but it's really good reminders and it really does open up good conversation for businesses. Can we play a game? Let's. First, let's do my favorite knock-knock joke. Okay. You start. Knock-knock. Who's there? Eloise. (laughs) I didn't expect you to keep going. That's kind of a setup to be silly. Nice. Eloise who? (laughs) Eloise Smith. (laughs) Yes, it is. Yay. (laughs) Isn't it dumb? I love that so much. Oh my gosh. Okay. We are going to play Get Your Butt Fired. So let's come up with where you and I are working. A nail salon. Nail salon. All right. We're both workers at the nail salon and we're going to play a game. We're each going to come up with two ideas. That would get us fired. And I'll talk a little bit more. So you have a second to get ready and think of it. Another improv trick. Seriously, we're working this nail salon. I'm picturing all the bottles of nail polish on the wall, the tools sitting out, the customers waiting, the cleanliness of the chairs and the where the feet go and all these things. That's what I'm thinking of. You got money. So I'm just picturing everything I can. That's how I do improv. Picturing all the possible things that could go wrong. Now we have to get fired. That's our game. I think getting fired, the first thing that would work would be, we're going to fill the foot baths with steaming hot soup, chicken noodle soup.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So much chicken noodle soup that it overflows. I think what would get us fired is running out of disinfectant. Mm,
1: mm. I think another thing that would get us fired is an open bar for just the workers. (laughs) Made myself laugh.
0: (laughs) I think what would get us fired is permanent glue with the nails.
1: you went there. Okay, we are definitely getting fired if we have chicken noodle soup in the foot baths and we don't have disinfectant and we have an open bar just for the workers and
0: permanent glue for glue for
1: the nails we're getting fired. Now what we do, like if I do this with a team, now we take each of our ideas and make them workable. So I'll say, I'll downplay what I first said. So instead of chicken noodle soup in the foot baths, I'll say every Friday we feed the homeless chicken noodle soup. Then we're cool. Then we're a better company. So now we have to fix your non-disinfectant.
0: Who needs disinfectant when I brought alcohol?
1: (laughs) Now we're cleansed again. Now we're good. So instead of open bar for the workers, we will have free healthy drinks in our break room to keep all the workers healthy and hydrated. And now we just have to fix your super glue. It's prank super glue. So then at the end of their nails, then we tell them we were just joking. Yeah. Oh, I bet we'll get better tips. So that's called get your butt fired. And I love to play that with companies because sometimes you'll get inappropriate responses from the back of the room, you know, like watching porn, you know, something like that. And you're like, Hmm, you just got yourself a nickname, you know? And so it gets the whole room, you know, with the ideas you and I just did alone, it's usually like the whole group and, the ideas are coming and it's just so fun because you find out how whack your coworkers are, but also it's playful, it's harmless, and it's freeing because you're saying how you would get fired. You, you learn a lot of the inside jokes of a company because they might say, oh, uh, you know, a Bill would be on time for once, you know, or something like that. It's really fun.
0: I feel like comedy really breaks down walls where you can just be goofy and you can think on your feet and you can be accepting of others because everybody's being goofy together. Yes. Have you been able to like laugh about your childhood with your siblings? I don't do
1: much of that because when I was writing my book, I was asking my brother some stuff and it turns out he's holding a lot of pain. So we do laugh about our own stuff, but not a whole lot about the mother stuff.
0: How did you work through it?
1: Therapy. And knowing that I wasn't repeating it, knowing that I wasn't an alcoholic, knowing that I was never going to beat my kids. I never did. And knowing that my kids are, oh, we're so super close. I have two sons and then I have 3 stepsons, and we talk. All the time. They don't live at the house anymore. They're older now, but dang, we're just always in touch. And it just means a lot when they reach out to me or, you know, they ask me for, how was that that you cleaned the shower and you were telling me that one time, but I didn't want to really hear it. And you're just like, win, win, win. (laughs) The gifts I get.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Like what has like motherhood taught you?
1: Being a mom teaches me how it's just crucial that what you're doing matters because you're always being watched and judged and noted. It's amazing the things that they can tell you that happened or you said that you kind of didn't realize they were even around at that time. It just teaches you selflessness and it really teaches you to be in the moment. I am so glad I didn't have a cell phone back then because my kids were born in 95 and 97. I had a cell phone in a bag for my car Look like a secret spy carrying that case. But having kids and setting down your electronics, I I can't tell you enough how important that would be because I already had the the big camcorder on my shoulder, 80s style, making sure I captured things, which is great now. But I'll tell you what, I'd say 94% of the videos I'm not in. You just hear me. No, move over there. Oh, come on, climb down. Okay. But you don't see me. I was so busy recording it that I can only imagine how much worse that would have been if I had a cell phone. And didn't you work in radio too? I did. I worked in radio on and off for years. Loved being a DJ. I'm glad I worked in radio in the days where you could ask them questions and have them call in and share silly things and do that. And I used to do, did we ever talk about my phone calls, my telemarketer pranks? Oh my God. Do some of that. Do some. When my first hubby and I were married, we had this old answering machine and it was cassette tape based and it would record incoming and outgoing calls. So it was very exciting if the light were blinking because we knew, oh, he got a call or oh, she got a call. We would mess with telemarketers, which back in that day, they were real people, <laughs> not the robot telling you about your car insurance, your car warranty. So this gal called and she was trying to sell me a credit card, but we cut the names or the company name to not be sued. So this is from my comedy album called Fun on the Phone and it's spelled P-H-U-N, Fun on the Phone.
0: Hello. Hello, man please speak with... Thompson, he's not in. May I help you? Um, yes, this is Miss Thompson. Mm-hmm. Yes, um, I'm calling to let you know that you are eligible to
2: apply for a no annual fee card with a low fixed APR of four point nine percent
0: on a balance transfer and purchases until April nineteen ninety eight. Since there is no annual fee for the card, it is ideal for the upcoming holiday season. And to see if you're eligible to receive the exciting new card, we simply just need a few pieces of information.
1: I got these weird bumps on my arm. And sometimes they itch. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Hello? I got these weird bumps on my arm, and sometimes they itch. They itch. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I should come back in? I don't understand. Bumps, it's like bumps on my arm, and they itch, and I don't know if I should come back in. Come back in where? To be seen.
2: To be
0: seen
1: at the doctor? Okay. You think I should, then? I think you should. Okay, what time? Whatever time is good for you? Uh... Are you available uh, tomorrow at 2? Am I available? Okay, I can do that. Do what? Thank you very much. Bye-bye. I'll see you then. Oh, my God. I don't know if you were playing with me, but I... (laughs) Yes, I was, ma'am, because you called me. Oh, (laughs) Yeah, that is amazing. (laughs) We used to do that over and over. It was just hysterical. I played my husband's guitar on one. I was like, I'm looking for a rhyming word. And the girl really tried. And then I was like, okay, well, bye. You know, (laughs) she couldn't figure it out. Oh, it was so dumb. Oh my God. Yeah, my husband loves
0: to mess with telemarketers. He he goes as long as possible, like that he's really going to give his information. And then he just unloads. (laughs) Yes,
1: yes oh man i feel bad for their jobs but yeah not bad enough to not make fun and just have some fun and who knows maybe maybe they had fun too it was very different they didn't get hung up on or sworn at
0: (laughs) i think that one had fun i think so oh my god who can we call now let's call your husband let's call my husband okay he is watching four children right now so i don't know if he's going to answer four i could call my daughter and she'll probably answer quicker I hear my son. He's like talking with his friends in the other room. <laughs> okay. This is so much fun. Even the thought of it
1: unavailable.
0: <laughs> oh. My 10 year old and my husband. <laughs> wow. That's because at night I, I do my work stuff and my podcast and they're used to leaving me alone. Let me try my husband one more time. <laughs> he's like, what more do you want from me? I made dinner. I'm watching
1: your kids. Your kids. I'm babysitting.
0: His ringer's is probably not even on. Darn. We could call my dad. Yes. Got to call daddy. Okay. What is the prank going to be with my dad?
1: Should you be pregnant
0: again? Or would oh he be excited? God.
1: Would he be excited? That could be that?
0: very funny. No, he said I should stop with that. So yeah, that's a
1: good one. Stop with that. You're thinking about getting pregnant again because you're jealous of your neighbor who had a COVID baby.
0: <laughs> I don't even know if I can remember all of that. <laughs> Hello? Dad? Did I catch you in the toilet?
2: No, this time I'm in the shower. I just need two more minutes and I'll be out. All right?
0: I wanted to talk to you about something really quick.
2: Well, I'm, I'm all wet. I just need to uh, put the shampoo in my hair and I'll be done. I'll call you back in two
0: minutes. All <laughs> right? Okay. Uh. Bye. The last three times I've called my dad, I literally caught him in the toilet and he answered.
1: <laughs> but your husband and your kid don't care. Oh, my gosh. That's hilarious. All right, so will this baby thing be the thing? Oh, yeah, that will get a good reaction. Can you act like you really, really are craving the scent of a newborn? (laughs) I could just say,
0: you know, how me and my husband, like, have been having some communication problems. Well, we did make up the other night, and (laughs) oh, my God, this is going to be good. He's literally like soaping up right now and getting all fresh for this phone call.
1: Like, what does she want this time? What does she want this time? Oh my
0: God, this is going to be so fun. Have you done anything good like this to your husband?
1: Oh, yes. The poor thing. He gets it all the time. You know, you buy the bumper sticker that says, I love my wife, you know, corny stuff like that. I mean, I work for cops. You know, I, I pull pranks on the cops. They just roll their eyes. They don't jump. They don't startle. You kidding me? Like the snap and pops. You ever have those that you throw on the ground? Yeah. Those little pieces of paper. You tape about six of them on the door hinges of an open bathroom door. So when they go in and shut the door, pow, six is the right number. Me to you, just telling you.
0: How did you go from radio to dispatching?
1: I worked at a hospital for 16 years after radio. So administrative assistant stuff. Didn't really like it. Never felt like it was my thing. Never really felt write about it this I feel like I make a difference you can measure your day by the records you can measure you mattered by the phone calls and we all want to feel needed just the people I work with are so great I'd rather work with mostly men and I do <laughs> so I'm glad and the two female police officers are very cool too
0: oh my my daughter's calling now what can, what were we surprising her with I'm stuck you were in stuck and
1: your your leg is stuck in your chair okay
0: Celia yeah can you come help me my leg is totally stuck in the chair
1: Sure. And just sure. Let's see who comes in. Is your leg wrapped around? I think it's stuck in the drawer or something. Are you okay? I don't know what
0: happened to my foot.
1: Oh, huh. (laughs) Is somebody helping you?
0: Celia's helping me.
1: How'd you go and do that? big,
0: heavy cabinet. I don't know. It just, my toe got jammed in between the drawers. I don't know.
1: Did you say toe jam? What? Toe jam. (laughs) I'm having a toe jam. Can you slide your
0: foot that way? I'm going to try sliding my foot through the Does she have any butter? Do you have any butter? Yeah. Vaseline? We have butter. Butter? Yes, a vat of butter I think would slide it, really make it not hurt.
1: Okay, it hurts. Can
0: you just like rub butter all over the top
1: of my toes? Yeah. Thank you. Did you think you were going to say that sentence today? And you rub butter all over my toes. He's going to get it. <laughs> now dad should be calling any second, right?
0: <laughs> oh my God, I'm snotting. This is so funny. <laughs> I call margarine.
1: You got margarine?
0: That should, that should work. Oh,
1: margarine. Your toes are on a diet. <laughs>
0: but what are you going to smear it with?
1: <laughs> Your fingers.
0: You might want a, a big spoon or a knife. Yeah, a knife should like pry wrap, my toe out. I'll wrap some tape on my finger. You'll no 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 if you get a knife you could just cut my toe out.
1: <laughs> oh, I
0: see scissors. Scissors, scissors are good. <laughs> okay. Well, just shove the scissors you? in the butter. <laughs> oh my dad's calling. Okay, okay, okay. Let's wait. I gotta tell my dad something. Hello? Dad? Yeah. You remember um like last month when Will and I were kind of having a hard time getting along? Yeah. It was like around his birthday. Yeah. Well, uh, the weather was better and I was walking around with the baby and going on lots of walks <laughs> and um, we made up. <laughs> and uh, it's a good right. thing I have all, you know, the baby clothes and everything because yeah. we're having another one.
2: Are, are you kidding me? Are <laughs> you kidding me?
0: No. Wait,
2: why
0: are you actually? <laughs> I, I don't believe it. But, <laughs> you know, the neighbor suggested that we use cloth diapers instead of all these disposable ones. And right now Silly is putting margarine on my toes. I stuck, um, my, my toes got stuck in the drawer. What is happening over there? You don't <laughs> want to
1: know. I, I think
2: I don't want to know. Who's that, Laser or Celia? is helping
0: me pry my toes out of the drawer. It's a toe They're I'm a little swollen. Cause you know how <laughs> when you get pregnant, they, they get really fat. Every time that happens with me, he's massaging what? them right now with margarine and scissors. What the, What is happening? Oh, I'm just kidding. I'm interviewing a humorist and I wanted to play a prank on both of you and it worked. I found it hard to believe. Uh, he was right. He knew you were it. right. I took notes even to pull that off. <laughs> they weren't stuck. Oh my God. Cause I've got margarine on my toes. <laughs> that part is real. <laughs>
2: you, told, you told me just two weeks ago that you had your period.
0: <laughs> okay. Oh my gosh, that is true.
2: Right, so I'm not a complete fool.
0: <laughs> Thanks, Dad.
2: <laughs> it is a good idea. Which part? Going for another one.
0: Going for another one? Oh, oh. I thought you would discourage that and also uh, discourage clock diapers.
2: Once you brought it up, I figured, what the heck? Are <laughs> oh, you talking about it? Shoot the
1: moon? Go for it. Shoot
0: the moon, huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love him
0: he's great oh my god all right well that's all recorded so i it looks like i got your blessing
2: <laughs> see that i never turn it down once i got it all in your mind
0: oh okay. my god that was so good i'm literally <gasps> crying and snotting at so the same I- time uh, sexy Sorry? i needed a flashlight so i got a <laughs> flashlight on it and i saw on this call i called you back You're like celia come I you're such a good girl stuff. come give me a hug you're the only one that went to take care of me Abba didn't answer twice if my toe were really stuck I would just be in pain (laughs) you would just yell super loud when I come upstairs Aw,
1: you're the best
0: oh my god that (gasps) was amazing Lisa
1: you just told me you had your period (laughs) you are close to your dad oh my god now you have to get pregnant or you're gonna disappoint him
0: uh, no. Oh, Celia's going to show you a piece of art she has. Oh, I appreciate and that. And you will love this because this kind of goes back to the message that you were saying in the beginning. It says oh, no, life is beautiful.
1: beautiful. I just showed oh, I like
0: that.
1: Okay, so first you write is beautiful in like whatever color I did red because that's what I saw in the video. And then you put a piece of tape over that is beautiful and then write life over it, just oh, over the tape. And Like then, that painter's tape that comes off easy? That shouldn't rip the page too much. No. Um, and then you peel off the tape, and it puts, like... Is beautiful inside of life. I love that. Yes, that's so cool. Thank you for showing me. I love that art. Now go butter your mom. Oh my God. I so can't believe you actually put margin on my feet. I got to take a shower. (laughs) No, you
0: can just wipe it off. Just wipe it off. Okay. Yeah. It's moisturizing. Moisturizing. (laughs) Oh my God. Especially with these Chicago winters, my feet are super dry. That was amazing. I'm like sweating right
1: now. I was laughing. And once I knew I could laugh without anybody hearing because of your headphones, I wasn't thinking about that. I'm just sweating. I was laughing. I just got out of the shower
0: that was so much fun I definitely want to
1: prank more people with you like
0: (laughs) yes you have to add that into your show that should be like with all guests that was so much fun
1: well in every one of my shows on my podcast I ask people if they have a dare or prank as you know if they've had it done to them or if they have done one And one of my recent guests, did you listen to that one? He's a TEDx guy and and his name is Aunt Blair. Yeah. And he is an African-American badass from Flint, Michigan. And his answer was just how, no, he's like, girl, a mother trucker will get harmed. You don't just go scare a guy in Flint, Michigan. (laughs) He just went on and on. And it was just, I was rolling. I was just, it was painful laughing because I was like, okay, okay. I'm leaving that. That's, that's fine. He goes, I'm sorry to ruin this segment of your show, (laughs) but we don't do that in Flint, Michigan. (laughs) And he is so cool. Oh my
0: God. That was so good. Is there anything you want to ask my daddy? Oh yes, yes, yes.
1: I want to know if he's had a dare or a prank played on him besides this one. Really, I'd like to know one he's played on somebody else.
0: Ooh, I love that. I would and love to let know that. people know how they can find your podcast and buy your book.
1: Yes, I am at Stranger Connections Podcast. So Stranger Connections with Lisa David Olson. And I love to interview weird and quirky people with funny stories. It doesn't have to be funny. It has to be unusual. And my book is on Amazon and that's Laughs on Rye, W-R-Y. I've got a journal of creative tips that you can get through me as I printed it locally. And last is my comedy album called Fun on the Phone, P-H-U-N on iTunes. And that's all the telemarketer calls like you got to hear here.
0: Oh my gosh. I am so excited to check those out. This has been a complete blast. Thank this you. This has been
1: really fun. I hope you have a good time wiping off your foot before you leave your desk.
0: <laughs> that was crazy. I have never played a prank on any of my children or wow. my dad. Thank what? you for that. That was yes. so good.
1: Yay. I love first. <laughs> Yes. Thanks oh for having me on God. your show. I really appreciate it. This was more fun than I really should be allowed to have.
0: Thank All you. Right. Have a wonderful night.
1: So, Daddy, what did you think?
2: A very interesting conversation that you had with Lisa. And, of course, making up words and role-playing and having a lot of humor in your life. And, and it's good to laugh as you know, Grandpa Abe used to say that all the time, is really what makes life where it's not just regimented. You have to sometimes even be able to laugh at yourself when you make a mistake so that you learn and move forward with it and where it doesn't devastate you if things go wrong. There's a lot of people that mentally break down because they put too much pressure on themselves. There's these twists and turns that are always going on. But if we can have a good laugh, and we can try to take a look at the pluses and the minuses to things and do it in a method where we don't have to take every single move so seriously is a way to get through life i think a lot easier it also reminds me of the story that when todd my cousin ran away from home after the fighting back and forth with his mom and when she had passed away and had to live with the stepmom and and with the father things just didn't go very well and i remember that we were all over for a passover dinner and my grandfather is making all kinds of jokes and all kinds of uh, laughter but didn't that break the ice didn't that break the the edge of a re-meeting of todd with his parents it was unbelievable we couldn't stop laughing and it seemed to smooth things out tremendously and maybe that's what we all need is a good laugh and she's made it now a business of herself where for her to feel confident and to feel like she can overcome anything is by putting a little laughter and comedy and looking at the bright side of things, even if we have to laugh at ourselves.
0: I think she wanted to know if you'd ever pranked anyone. (laughs) Have I ever pranked anyone?
2: Too many times to be able to go in this interview, plenty of times.
0: Thanks for listening to the Better Call Daddy Show. Now you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. If you've enjoyed this episode of the Better Call Daddy Show, please feel free to review it at ratethispodcast.com slash Daddy. Add Better Call Daddy podcast on IG at Rena Friedman Watts on LinkedIn.com.